Hello, and welcome to another special guest interview here on Nature and Science for Kids. I'm your host, Moose Jaw Matt. And on this episode, we have Ted Vanderlaan. And I will let him explain more, but he's a volunteer at a park in the United States. Here we are. I'm I'm recording with Ted, Ted Vanderlaan, and I want to say thank you for joining us. It's nice to have you on the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm thrilled to be here. We'll just jump right in, and I'm going to ask this question to get us started. Tell us where you volunteer and some of the things you do there. Okay, great. So I volunteer at the Santa Monica Mountains National Recreation Area, which is in Southern California. Mm -hmm. It's up in the little mountainous area, uh, not too far from the ocean, actually. And I do a a variety of jobs, Um, everything from assisting with information systems to trail evaluation. Uh, so I'll go out on trails and I'll look for whether they're too rocky or whether they're washed out or whether they're overgrown. Um, I am also doing a little bit of building maintenance. And one of the really fun projects that I got to work on recently was helping set up what's called a raptor perch in a field outside of the, uh, the main office. And it's a natural way of doing rodent control. So tell us about that. <laughs> so when I first came there, I saw these big, long steel poles. And I asked my friend Lonnie, I said, what are these for? He's their raptor perches. I said, okay. <laughs> and what are you going to do with them? He says, well, as we walk around, you'll see that there are so many ground squirrel holes that we can't control the ground squirrel population. So essentially what we're doing is inviting uh, raptors, most of them are red-tailed hawks, to come and uh, look for food. In a natural way. Yes, in a natural way. And I, I asked them, it's like, why don't you just bring in hunters to do that? And because they're, they can't do that because the, because guns are forbidden uh, in the, in that recreational area. Uh, we've talked about before on the show that there's this balance that exists in nature and in the world until usually until people come in and mess it up (laughs) so Mm. sometimes humans have to come in and sort of fix what they've messed up so this would be one of those examples where maybe even if people didn't mess it up they're coming in to try to help keep the ground squirrel population at a level that's healthy for the ecosystem right exactly and and because people moved in they lost all the natural predators like coyotes and Hmm. uh, bobcats and um, mountain lions, which would normally uh, keep that population down. So there's so few of them that they are trying to do a natural resolution to it. We just had a big rainstorm around here recently and some trails that we go hiking on were totally changed. It was amazing how much the creek and the trails changed in just one day of full rain. 
so in a situation like that out there, is that what you would do? You'd go and maintain the trails and get them back so they're hikeable? So, yeah, that's that's actually one of the... So in Southern California, when the rains come, they come hard and furious. So what happens is is that the trails become a natural drainage for water, which can wash out an entire trail in the matter of a day. Hmm. So... So there's there's actually a, a technique to creating trails that diverts the water so that it doesn't take the natural um, pathway, which then would make it a bigger pathway and a bigger pathway and eventually wash out the whole trail. Hmm. Um, and my my friend who's the who's the ranger there, he was showing me that technique, and actually. I had a lot of water recently and I used that technique on my own road and it worked. So the water gets diverted away and we would, uh, we would analyze those trails for, all right, what's going to happen when a big water comes hmm. and, and then make those adjustments ahead of time rather than lose the trail. Yeah. So there's more to a trail than meets the eye. There's been more thought put into it than maybe those of us who are just hiking realize. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you're out hiking on trails, it's kind of fun to then start thinking about, well, this is a nice trail, but what would happen if mm-hmm. um, if you got three days of really bad rain? And then sometimes you're walking on trails that have had uh, a washout and it's really hard to navigate them. And you think about how, how challenging it is to keep uh, nature at bay uh, when it comes to maintaining those trails. It's a big job. Yeah, I think bigger than I realized. How did you get involved with volunteering in the Santa Monica Mountains? So it's really, it's it's actually kind of an interesting story. You know, many years ago, I was in high school, and my best friend, or one of my best friends and I, were always outside, always doing things outdoors, men are members of the backpacking club and whatnot. And when when it came to doing the high school tests about what I wanted to do when I grew up, the testing said that I should be a forest ranger. Well, I became something else, but he became a forest ranger. <laughs> and so when when he became in charge, when he came to be in charge of the Santa Monica Mountains uh, National Recreational Area, I happened to be living an hour from him. Hmm. So I said, well, I am going to go and uh, see if he needs any help. And so sure enough, I was his very first volunteer and he put me right to work and it was really a, a lot of fun to to do. I imagine so. I think I could imagine myself doing something in a national park because I love being outside. But uh, what, what do you enjoy most about volunteering there? So I love to I love nature. Of course, I've been in nature all, most all of my life, and I like helping. Mm-hmm. And when I combine those two, it's just kind of natural. And it's also a stress reducer for me. Absolutely. So I can go and I can have a job working out in nature, whether it's, whether it's cutting brush or analyzing trails or putting up raptor perches. It just puts my head in a very different place. And I can be creative, I can enjoy my time, I can interact with other people who 
maybe don't have as much experience and they have questions about the trails and the wildlife. So it's just really is a lot of fun. Now, a lot of our listeners are young and they might be listening with their, their parents or grandparents or uncles or brothers or whatever. But even, uh, even when someone's young, there's something really important about us being outside. We might not think I ha- I'm stressed, but there are still things in life that happen that shouldn't be happening or they're difficult or challenging. And even if things are going smoothly, we were designed to be outside. And I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. And I don't want the, the younger ones listening to think, oh, I'm not stressed. I don't need to be outside. Well, really, <laughs> we all do. Maybe not cutting brush or maintaining trails, but being outside, building a dam in a creek, mowing the lawn, maybe. <laughs> uh, anything to be outside is going to be helpful for maintaining a healthy balance. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Now, with those young listeners, I know that they're often wanting to hear about animals. So are there any neat animals that you've seen or heard about or know about there in the Santa Monica Mountains? Absolutely. So it's, you know, one of the first things that I noticed were all of the ground squirrel holes. <laughs> so I asked, I asked Lonnie, I was like, are you overrun by ground squirrels? He says, yeah, but you hardly ever see them. Hmm. And so you have to be just the right time of day and you can see one of them poke their head up or another one poke their head up over there, but they have a whole interstate of, of, of their highways running underground so they can move around without really being seen. That's interesting. Yeah. I've also seen um, a lot of deer. There's really cool to see the deer. Um, especially uh, early in the morning when hiking around, you can see them. Um, now, they also have uh, cougars that a lot of people have seen, but I haven't. Uh, so I, I missed it by a day. This one day, Lonnie came, uh, he, he sent me a message and says, guess what I just saw across the road? And sure enough, it was, a, it was one of the cougars. Also, all kinds of birds. Um, and there are quite a few raptors. Mostly I've seen red tail hawks, mm-hmm. um, which are one of the bigger birds. But uh, I remember this one day we were walking along and there were these, these tiny, tiny birds flitting around. You could hardly see them. They couldn't eat. They wouldn't even sit still. And I kept trying to get a picture of them so I could figure out what they were. And then we finally discovered them that they were a, a little tiny bird called the bush tit. <laughs> and it was so much fun to see them. I think I've seen those before, and they, they, they do. They flit around, and they're like these little chattering things that just they don't they don't sit still, like you said. Yeah, they don't sit still very long at all. Uh, the only way I was able to get a picture is to put a video and then do a freeze frame mm. of the video. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you mentioned cougars, uh, aren't those uh, don't they also go by the name mountain lion? They do. There's actually several names for cougars, but mountain lions is one of them. And back in the East, they used to also call them cat- catamounts. Hmm. That's more of a, a probably 16, 17, 1800s uh, term for them. But yeah, they're a tawny, sort of a light yellow colored with, with white points. Neat. I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing one. Uh, but I, I think I wouldn't mind seeing them from a great distance. <laughs> they 
exactly. They're pretty timid. They do stay away from people for the most part. On occasion, you'll see, you'll hear stories about them interacting with people, which is not, not so good. Yeah. So you mentioned that you love nature. When did you start to find or experience that love of nature and the outdoors? Was there a specific experience that made you interested in being outside? Well, I, I, I guess I would say I come by it naturally in that I was born up in New England and grew up on a 400-acre dairy farm where the whole world was the outdoors. And, you know, there was woods and creek to play in. And I just played with my friends and my sisters with you know, with what was around us, and that was nature. So it just became a real integral part of my life. And, you know, we farmed the land, and we would we would tap the trees for maple sugar, and we would, you know, go fishing in the creeks and things like that. So it was just, it's, it, it was wonderful. And so it became part of my DNA, and um, it's, it's never left me. Yeah, we had a maple tree in our front yard at our previous house just a few years ago. And I tapped that for the first time with my son and had such a blast. It was only one tree, by no means like a commercial uh, adventure, but it was so fun to to boil it down and taste it and it would get sweeter and sweeter. It's a neat experience uh, when you said that. I was thinking about the me- recent memories with my son and our family doing that. Yeah, that's great fun. I, I assume you do some other things to get outside besides volunteering. Uh, what things do you do now to be outside in nature? Well, uh, so it just so happens that I recently uh, purchased a small farm and I spend, I find myself outside all the time <laughs> just trying to get things uh, cleaned up. But also um, I'll go hiking, especially in the woods um, up near the Appalachian Trail with my amazing grandchildren (laughs) and my daughter and son-in-law and it's just you know when you walk into when you walk into the woods it just it has this sanctuary type feeling to me yes where there is there is where peace just wraps its arms around you Mm -hmm. and and there's so much to do and see and adventures that you know i just that's where I'm the happiest. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it's not really a secret, but you are my father-in-law. <laughs> what? And, <laughs> you know, the, the places you're talking about going out in the woods, uh, we were just there yesterday, actually, and it was so refreshing. And we go pretty regularly to, this, to these certain spots, and there's a creek, and the water is incredibly clear. And, and the way you said it, it's so peaceful. And there's, you never run out of things to do. Every time we visit, the creek is a little different. We can move rocks around and build a dam, explore mushrooms and trees, look for animals. It is a special thing to be outside. Yeah, and, and it's just quite remarkable. And I think that I didn't, I didn't recognize the impact that the smells had on me as a kid, mm. but when you walk in and you can, you can smell that mossy and fresh after the rain experience of the woods, there's just nothing like it. 
So let's say someone's interested in volunteering at a national park, but perhaps they are young or live far from a park like that. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I do. I've been thinking about this. Um, you know, and it's kind of fun because we, as I was volunteering at Santa Monica, um, we would go places on weekends. Lonnie and I would um, either doing some uh, work for, you know, for the park or just for fun hiking and, and such. And very frequently there were little volunteer groups that were doing things. For example, there was one group that was planting trees. There was another group that was uh, painting a fence. Uh, so there's, there's a lot that can be done um, yeah, little jobs, big jobs, and they had every age that you could imagine out there volunteering. So I think the thing to do would be to, uh, and it doesn't have to be a national park. Um, there are local trails in most places, even in New York City, you've got, uh, you've got um, Central Park that has trails and there are opportunities there and everywhere for volunteers to come come and help. So I think there's lots of opportunities. Uh, you can even join like a neighborhood uh, cleanup day, mm -hmm. especially in the fall, which is coming, right? Yes. Um, you know, another thing that that uh, you could do is look for somebody who might not be able to rake their leaves anymore and, and get a group of people together to go rake the leaves for your neighbors. I like that idea. I think the great combination is being outside and being able to do something for someone else, whether it's taking care of a trail or raking leaves. It's a very, it's a combination of satisfying endeavors. Well, I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. We've been in the work, uh, talking about it for a while now, and I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Thank you so much for your time and sharing about your volunteering in Santa Monica. All right, it's my pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on Nature and Science for Kids. I'm Moose Jaw Matt. Until next time, keep exploring your world.